All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another special edition of the Freedom Ring. I'm Matt Toluto with my beautiful wife, Teresa. Uh, it is Monday, October the 31st. Happy Halloween. Wanted to remind everybody that if you're on a budget and still need a last minute costume idea and you want to go as Satan himself, uh, you can dress up like Anthony Fauci. You can dress up like um, uh, Klaus Schwab. There is uh, uh, Harari. You can go. And there's so many evil influences out there right now. But anyway, uh, happy Halloween. And um, we're going to have a couple of uh, in, in an update from two friends of ours that have joined us uh, on the show not too long ago, actually. They were recently on Alex. And they are the complete exact opposite of the people you just mentioned. Yes, These yes. are people for God. These are people for good. And these are people who you want to listen to. They were recently on Alex Jones's, uh, Alex Jones's War Room. But, um, you know, God, I, I usually like to start with a quick moment of faith. Um, and this one's going to be really quick. But you notice as you live life that God puts people in your life uh, that are very influential and uh, what's the the phrase, the season, the reason, and the God um, God puts people in your life for a reason, season, or a lifetime. And um, hopefully, this turns out to be a relationship where these guys are in our life uh, in our uh, life for a lifetime because they are uh, doing so much good. We've got Michael Hamilton from Cornerstone Attorney. Um, we also have Daniel Watkins um, from Watkins and Latovsky. Um, dedicating pretty much i know michael is dedicating the, his career to fighting the uh, injustices being committed i would imagine daniel too um the injustices being committed by big pharma and the medical industry who have pretty much forced the covid death jab on society not only did they uh, lose their careers and livelihoods from that but also uh, millions of people worldwide are dying from that and remdesivir gentlemen how are you thanks for joining us again Good. Thank you for having us. It's it's great to be back with you both. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. We are talking specifically about a huge case you're both taking on against Kaiser Permanente. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Um, which I thought it was just one location out there in California, but we realized that there's a location here in the greater yeah. Cincinnati area. Um, but it's basically your case is on behalf of 400 plus plaintiffs against Kaiser for damages for religious discrimination, failure to engage in interactive process and violation of government code 12940, um, failure to provide reasonable accommodations, harassment, retaliation, and wrongful discharge. Now, this uh, lawsuit is actually being filed today, and there's going to be a press release, a press conference, and I think it's in two days. But uh, each of the plaintiffs requested, just so everyone's on board and knows exactly what's going on here, each of the plaintiffs requested a religious exemption from the defendants, Kaiser, um, for their COVID-19 vaccination policy as a reasonable accommodation for their sincerely held religious belief. And I find this interesting because this is exactly what I was neglected of from Cumulus Media. In response and in violation of the law, each of these employees received a blanket denial of their request. That, yeah, this was so as, like, as I felt I. like I was reading our email as to what we were denied for from this company. This blanket denial evidences an intentional disregard of their requests and a clear violation of the employee's rights under state law. And for companies that have corporate offices in other states, but work wherever, 
for my case, you know, my corporate office is in Atlanta, but I work in the greater Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, Cincinnati area. Which location does this adhere to? Does it does it matter? Well, it would matter by the state laws that were in place, at least as far as I understand. But if you're an employee working in California, for example, California law would apply. Okay. So the place where you're suffering work for your employer, that's the place that's going to govern the laws that you uh, are protected by. Okay. So this is for the people who, who work in California then? That's Correct. 400 people you're talking about. Okay. Right. Yeah. And Kaiser is an interesting organization. It's absolutely actually established. Uh, Kaiser Permanente is an overarching name uh, that uh, covers many different corporate organizations in the Kaiser group. And so in California, there's four primary corporations that employ individuals. We're suing all four of those plus Kaiser Permanente. Each state has its own set of corporate entities that Kaiser operates through in that various region. So, and I don't know the total number of regions and I lost track of the states, but they're in double digits in terms of states in in the United States. Uh, I want to elaborate on each of these headlines, uh, these headings, I should say, within the the lawsuit. Religious discrimination. Uh, Just so people that maybe they have been a victim of religious discrimination, they they were denied their exemption. Um, but haven't taken legal action yet, didn't think that, you know, them being the small man on the totem pole had enough influence or maybe financial backing to take down a corporation. Um, I want to elaborate on each of these. Expand on religious discrimination. I know it's pretty self-explanatory, but. Yeah, so in this case in particular, the Kaiser case, they focused on the statement of faith made by the individual in opposition to the COVID shot and determined that for each of our clients, they did not state a sincerely held religious belief. And so Kaiser has made a decision that, and then they fired them. And it was in that uh, analysis of the religion that where Kaiser discriminated against the individuals and, um, that's that cause of action. So it's just basically they have a religion. They exercised that religious faith. It wasn't recognized properly by Kaiser and Kaiser fired them for it. Uh, and so that is a really, it's kind of a simpler um, cause of action in the case. So now, go ahead. Go ahead. what exactly are they not acknowledging or what are, when you say that, what does that mean? They're not acknowledging their religion. Like, I don't understand yeah. that comment. Yeah. How do you not acknowledge <laughs> it? It's a very well, they say that they have not stated a bona fide, uh, sincerely held religious belief, or they've reviewed their paperwork and said that whatever statement of faith they put forward didn't appear to be sincere. It didn't appear to govern their life in all capacities. And so, Kaiser, really? uh, and that kind of leads us to the harassment cause of action. Kaiser was really bad in the way they handled this initially. At least as far as we know, they approved every single religious exemption provisionally. So they just were flooded with them. They, I think they underestimated how many people were going to have a religious objection to the COVID shot. And so they provisionally approved everybody. Then they went about a process of sending questions. Many of them are very trick questions designed to try and exploit some underlying um, weakness of the sincerity of the faith that was that was stated and 
we they, received those additional questions. Yes. And and there was there was a throughout the state, and I understand throughout the country, there was an organized effort by many of the healthcare in the healthcare industry to utilize the same kind of questions. So they sent them out. Uh, our clients replied. Kaiser sent additional questions. Our clients replied. They sent additional questions. Our clients replied. And that went on f- up to five iterations on some of our clients. And uh, and then after all of that, and after prodding and probing and asking trick questions, uh, they decided that there wasn't a sincerely held belief and fired everybody. Wow. And that went, on, that went on not for days. That went on for months in some situations. So it was this repeated attack on their faith, this repeated attempt to undermine the sincerity of the faith that were the harassment claim is based on. Uh, you had mentioned a blanket, uh, a blanket denial of their request. Were they responding as if everyone was in the same department? Because when they, when they denied mine, they acted as if I believe everyone was in sales. Oh, it, it was or, like, this doesn't even apply to you. Uh, it's been, it's been a while <laughs> since I've read it. It's actually been about a year mm-hmm. and they're describing our job descriptions. I was like, that's not I'm program director and on the air. This doesn't apply to anything I did on my daily basis. And other people were saying the same and thing. And other people within the uh, the company were saying the exact same thing. And I was wondering if that's what you mean by blanket denial, where they're just addressing everybody regardless of their job duty. It, yeah, they didn't. In terms of analyzing the sincerity of a religious belief, they didn't uh, address the type, the different job duties and responsibilities that everyone had. When we say a blanket denial, they basically said to all of our clients, you don't have a sincerely held religious belief, oh, and okay. therefore you aren't entitled to an accommodation. Wow. And uh, and there was no real analysis provided. So we found that it wasn't sincere because of X, Y, and Z. They didn't do that. Just, it's not sincere. You are denied. Who are they to tell anybody? how sincere or insincere one's uh, religious beliefs are. Yeah. Can I you want to handle that, Michael? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, go ahead. No, if you wanted that question though. or not. Okay, that's yeah, right yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not God, right? They can't see inside your mind and your heart. Um, somebody can somebody can have a, a an experience, a, con, a conversion type experience, and they can hold... A, they can have a sincerely held belief that they've had for one hour. Right. And it's real and it's life-changing and it's theirs. Yeah. You're exactly right. And these they, people have no business trying to act like God. Right. And, and determine how, whether it's sincere or not. In fact, the employer is required to assume that your belief is sincerely held to give you the benefit of the doubt. And only if they have hard evidence to the contrary, would they have, the ability to possibly deny it. You know, it's almost as if like, it's the whole you're guilty until you're proven innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the religious, yeah, yeah. but how religious are you really? Right. Um, part of my question, and this was on something I was reading as far as like t- things that are, are violating our human rights. And something came up with the United, the UN uh, universal declaration of human rights. Does any of that apply to us here in the United States? Those types of declarations? They may, but we don't need them in our case. 
I right. would say that California law, and that's why we filed in state court as opposed to federal court, California law is some of the most protective anti-discrimination statutes in the country. And um, so what's and, and the cases that define the scope of the sincerity of religious belief, both from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and then the state courts really is a broad, it's a very broad brush. And so Kaiser went in and with this, they, they kind of carved out you know, from this broad brushing, uh, like Michael was saying, assumption that it's sincere, certain problems that they had. And um, so we don't need those types of arguments. In fact, we want to keep it really narrow and focused on the law here in California because it's pretty strong for the clients. The only reason I ask that is because everything you read, like all 31 articles of that, you know, it talks about a person's um, consciousness, conscience. The discrimination, religion, and the word belief comes into play so much that it, it, and I know it's not just that, but it's 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 layer upon layer. Yeah, you have your state, you have your federal. This is you, you know the UN stuff that we're supposed to be a part of and having all of that is based on that human rights. Your how is it that there? I, I look at this going, why are these people even fighting a lawsuit when they? have violated so many issues to begin with our just our basic freedoms and belief how how is that even how did they not just say oh gosh you're right we really screwed up everybody we owe you big time because we screwed up well they're pushing an agenda in my belief is i'm sorry to interrupt guys but this is just me spouting off they're pushing an agenda and they didn't think they didn't expect anyone to come back at them yeah you, you want to answer on that like the more global picture michael yeah, I mean, I believe they're pushing an agenda. I don't think, I personally think they they did expect some pushback, but they feel that they're just too big to fail. Uh, and I don't mean just Kaiser. I mean, Fauci. I mean, the one, right. the one world order, you know, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the people who made, who, who said remdesivir is safe and effective, and now they're rolling it out in Europe. And they're, they're I mean, this is an agenda it's being driven from some central location. I mean, there's almost no doubt about that. So many of these things, the COVID, the nonsense that COVID is a deadly disease. And I'm not saying people haven't died from COVID, but more mm-hmm. people die from the flu. Right. Right. You know, and, it, but the, they drove the big scare, then the death jab, like you pointed out. Now people are really sick because they've been jabbed. They're going into the hospital and they're dying under the remdesivir protocol. And, and the, the, the similarity across the country of all of these things, the questionnaires that you faced, um, Matt, and that the Kaiser, um, uh, our Kaiser clients faced, I mean, these are, um, there can be no doubt that there's, there's, a, there's an agenda. And you know, it's it really is, hurtful. You know, these people come back at you with the stuff like we had to experience and, and him and I together had to sit there and pour our heart, not pour our heart out, but relive all the the trauma that we have dealt with with our daughter in regards to the, um childhood immunizations and this mm. is no different this is still in that category you know so so for people like us reading these stories unfortunately and as sad as it is and i don't know how much you've dealt you guys have dove into these issues beforehand before all of this covid stuff this is not new this has been going on for, again, for my, our daughter, 16 years. And I had to tell somebody who has no clue why we live the way we live, why we chose not to get this, 
why I believe in God and God has a plan. And there's a reason I had a gut instinct knowing something's not right with my, something's wrong. And I look into it and you're, you want to tell me that, well, sorry, sweetie, we don't agree with you. Why? Because you, you personally, who I know doesn't believe in God and has no faith. Yeah. I mean, I know it's very upsetting. There's just the simple fact is the people in control at this particular time do not care about the rule of law. At least many of them do not. And so what was at one point a very strong and uh, vibrant protection under the Constitution is now and it, it, it's being ignored. It yeah. does not matter. I mean, the governor of the state, the Constitution is the greatest impediment to his power grab that could exist, and he hates it. And so many leaders act that way. And so, and you see it in Kaiser. So not only is Kaiser on the cutting edge of some of the most evil healthcare policies out there, they don't care about the rules to advance that evil, those evil policies. They want to grow in strength and power and they want money and they got a lot of it from the government. That's all they want. And religion gets in the way. Because and we could segue into their gender affirmation treatment mm-hmm. below. Mm-hmm. How much money they plan to make in that by mutilating and castrating people, it is it's abhorrent. It, it's it's and appalling. Not only and, is everything that we're talking about appalling, but the fact that and I think I mentioned this before we went on, the fact that these two gentlemen joining us right now are representing more than 400, 400 plaintiffs, okay? And not a single mention of this case mm-hmm. on mainstream media. You're getting it from two a married couple in Cincinnati who are trying their damnedest to spread the word, spread the truth via a podcast. CNN's not on this case? Fox News well, isn't on this case? I think that's just more of a confirmation that, like you said, there's there, there's a bigger, bigger, bigger game here. Right. You know, we don't want anyone to know about the this. The only stuff. other one is the weirdo portrayed in the, media, the mainstream media is Alex Jones is on this case and us. I'm sure there's a handful of other people you're talking to. But, but how is this not mainstream news? It's insane. That's yeah. That's appalling. Is California talking about it? Are they sharing this because of how big that company is? is are they talking about it on their media? You know, in all, in all fairness, although I there will be no <laughs> calls from any media, but we haven't really pushed it out yet. The press conference, we did the press release. Uh, we are setting up some, hopefully some conservative uh, folks to talk to. Uh, the press conference will really be the time when we push it out. Uh, but, but it'll fall on uh, many deaf ears because any acknowledgement that there is a pushback to the evil policies is, you know, uh, bringing light and awareness to those who are otherwise apathetic and don't know, don't care. You know, they live their life. And so they just shut it down, just like they do so many other things. And um, But the one thing that really excites me about this case, and it hits right on what you guys are talking about, I think, for me, um, you know, we pretty much my entire focus in my practice has shifted into these issues. And we've got We'll have about 30 lawsuits against different healthcare uh, facilities, cities and counties and school districts when we're done filing. And it'll be on behalf of several thousand people um, across the state. Kaiser took the most aggressive approach in the religious exemption issue. Most of the other places say we acknowledge your religious exemption, but we can't accommodate you for whatever bogus reason. 
Kaiser went right at the religion, right at the core of who these people are, and they ripped their hearts out. And I'm telling you, some of these requests for exemptions, they're beautiful. They are unbelievable statements of faith, right on the point. They believe in life, and God is the creator and created in his image, and all of those amazing things that we live by. And um, acknowledging, of course, all the way along, we're sinners. No one's perfect. But some of these statements are amazing. And Kaiser had the temerity to say, no, it's not adequate. We're going to scream as loud as we can about this, as often as we can, and give God a chance to shine light. And if it's just one heart, one soul, one person that's going to spend eternity with God out of this, then that'll be great. But if it's thousands, then that'll be better. And that's why... That is exact. I mean, you just describes what we put forth uh, on our second uh, rebuttal. How much scripture that we included? Uh, this is this isn't BS. This isn't just surface stuff. This is this is stuff we base the raising of our family, our marriage, our beliefs in life. I mean, you know that there's always going to be people who are using that that, and I get it. That exemption as well. I'm just going to file a religious exemption and whatever, and hope to be done with it. You know, I at least thought, I at least, I don't know, I don't know what you thought, but I had thought that maybe they would actually call and really want to hear from us versus what I, well, what we, what he typed on paper um, to really find out what happened. Why did you do that? You know, yeah, we answered the questions as, as best as we could, which you'll, you'll read those obviously yourself, but um, you know, it, it's, it really, it, it, I, I don't know. It really, I was dumbfounded by that. Like you don't even care to talk person to person about. You're talking about my livelihood, man. You're talking about the last 30 years of my life. And I know yeah. I'm speaking for people yeah, at Kaiser. Exactly. I know I'm speaking for people who are not even talking about right now mm-hmm. across the country, around the world. Well, it's an attack. This is an attack on religion. This is a, this is an attack on good versus evil. Yeah. And this is, this is what, this is literally it playing out. And I know you guys believe that too. Uh, I don't want to speak. Oh, I tell you, you but... it's. I mean, some of the things that we've talked about just in these last few minutes, people have been conditioned mm-hmm. for decades in public school to be compliant. You see, children in elementary school—they got their hands on the rope and they're walking single file, take orders, be compliant, and 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 then they vaccinated children, and all of a sudden we have what sudden infant death syndrome. Well, babies right. just sometimes die in the crib, right? Now we're vaccinating. And these aren't vaccinations. I mean, these right. aren't even vaccinations. Right, right, right. They're they're death jabbing everybody, and they're saying, "Oh, now we suddenly have sudden adult death syndrome. People just drop dead from heart attacks." Didn't exist Young two people. years ago. Yeah, it didn't exist two years ago. Now we've got this. I mean, when you just start looking across the board, you've got people need to really become aware and start connecting the dots. I mean, the father of modern education, John Dewey, wrote the Humanist Manifesto. And he said secular and, and I mean, the, you have the National Education Association teaching people to conform. He founded that organization and he said the, the secular humanism is our religion and the pulpit is our, the lectern is our pulpit. Parents and Sunday school teachers only have their children a few hours a week. What chance do they have mm-hmm. against our teachers? I mean, this was 50 years ago, plus or minus something. So, I mean, they have been across the board conditioning people to be controlled by fear, setting the stage to be able to do these things. 
and to attack and reverse everything that God called good, right? Mm -hmm. So God says, I created mankind, male and female. He created them. That's what God's word says. You know, the Luciferians say, oh, no, you can be any one of 50 genders. Right. You don't have to listen to God. You weren't created a man. I mean, I saw today, and, and I know I may be getting a little adrift of our focus, but somebody today sent me a questionnaire from a school system. And the school system was asking them to, asking the teachers to um, identify for each student the gender they were assigned at birth, the gender they identify as. And questions like, do their parents know about their choice? What can we do to protect the child and help them move ahead in their choice? Wow. This is a, an official paper that was distributed to everybody in the school system. And that to me is all just a way to uh, normalize the perversity of those in charge and all the sex crimes and the sin that they've participated against children. Um, well, you know, when you're when you're a parent asking questions, you're considered, the, oh, you're a helicopter parent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, I am. I'm going to know everything you put into give my child. I'm going to know exactly what you're doing. No, actually, you're I not mean, putting anything in my child. You're not giving anything to my child. That's our call. Right. And, uh, and I Eddie, was, everyone else, let the F out. You know, what I've been doing is I've been even on our school web, on our school Facebook pages and stuff, when the people are starting to talk, oh, they're going to put the childhood vaccine in. I have been out there stating, no, our school allows a medical medical, religious and philosophical belief exemption. Mm -hmm. File an exemption. Well, you can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Here it is. And I'm posting the link and giving the links out. Like, you do not have to get a COVID shot. You don't have to get any shot you don't want to. They don't know. They don't know that they can get an exemption because the school doesn't tell them that. Right. They don't tell them That's that they right. can opt out of those questionnaires because my daughter was given questionnaires. And I'm like, you're going to do this questionnaire with me. I'm going to watch and see what you're doing. I'm like, parents have to start paying attention and opt out of those things. Well, is that not a sign that they're, uh, you know, the deep state, the uh, the powers that be, the evil powers that be, part of their goal has been accomplished by getting the parents out of this whole conversation, yeah. removing mom and dad, separating oh. mom and dad. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's, you know, you said something about a universal Declaration of Human Rights a few minutes ago. We have one of those in our constitution and it it reminds us that our, we don't derive our rights and our freedoms from man. We derive them from our creator. And now we have 410 people, but many thousands more that we don't represent right now, but who have said, I, because of my creator and what I believe, I can't do this. And they're being told, oh, it's not good enough it, mm -hmm. it, you can't sincerely believe in god i mean that's the message that's being conveyed yep. even if those aren't the precise words but but our constitution says no actually our rights do derive from god our government's job is to protect those rights and you know the government didn't give them to us the government can't take them away we have those rights you know they're unalienable exactly thank you for fighting for those rights thank you god bless uh, both of you i well, hope there's me... more people out there that are following in your footsteps. I really, really I love do. what you guys are doing. Yeah, let, Moving. Me, let me just give you a quick bit of encouragement, just if I can, on what we've been talking about in terms of the control and the effort to repress people and take away their rights and all that. You know, we've been dealing with somewhere in the range of six to 10,000 people across the state in one form or another, helping them with religious exemptions or medical exemptions or filing lawsuits on their behalf, dealing with their employers and letters and stuff. 
And when we first started the idea of a religious exemption, many people were like, oh, yeah, maybe that does work for me. And they started examining a little bit about who, what they believe, right? Because now they're pushed, okay, I might lose my job. What do I believe in? Oh, these things were tested and developed from fetal cell lines, wait, from aborted babies. And so they start putting, you know, some dots are getting connected or they realize all the problems with the mRNA technology and what it's going to do to the image that's being, that they were created in. It's going to change mm-hmm. God's image. And then they look at Johnson and Johnson and the terrible additives that were in there that caused all of the problems. And they start to recognize that their body is something that's created by God. And so all of this has really kind of stimulated a lot of thought in a lot of people. And so maybe many people initially looked at it and said, oh, yeah, religion, that's what I'm going to go for. But we challenge everybody in our Zoom calls and we've been on. Oh, my gosh, I can't even count. Well, over 150, 200 Zoom calls in the last year um, talking to people about this and and encouraging them to really evaluate where God is in their life. And what, and just in my exposure and Michael's exposure, we've seen so many people start to open up to God and to look to him for guidance because they're now beginning to see that exactly what Michael talked about, that the government's no longer protecting our rights. It's taking away our rights and it's forcing its control and its tyranny on us. And I am encouraged by the fact that people are, I'm seeing the Holy spirit move in real palpable ways you can yes. see people's hearts and in their eyes. And these people that are filing for Kaiser, they've been waiting for a year. It's taken a long time to get this case ready, but they have remained steadfast and their faith has grown as a group and individually. And I think that they're beginning to understand more now than they did a year ago about the problems that we face in this country with our leadership and what it's doing. And so I'm, I'm encouraged in that sense because God is moving and the spirit I've seen God alive, like I didn't know he could actually be, you know, until all this. So I, I, there is a lot of encouragement in this. And so I would just ask for everybody out there, pray yeah. and look for yourself where God is at in your life. And what are you going to do to stand up to keep things the way he intended them to be? That's the question. And it is thank encouraging. You for saying that. Yes. That, that, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we go to church Wednesday, definitely praying for, everybody in this suit for the obviously the two of you that god just protects the two of you like no other because like i told michael before whenever i see him he makes me cry <laughs> um no, well, you both i do. tell you god has an amazing way of taking what satan intends for harm and turning it to his glory and and here we have these institutions saying oh you have no religious sincere religious belief and in the face of that we have people waking up to the reality of who yeah. God is in ways they didn't, they didn't experience before. And, and it's, it's amazing how he does these things. Yeah. And that's actually what I need to start doing. I need to really, cause I get so worked up and angry because this has been an issue in our family for 16 years. So it yeah. is like to the core, like I was asked before, is this a cross? Is this a hill you're going to die on? I'm like, dude, I've been dying on this for 16 years. Yes. I've already proclaimed that. Yes, this is a hill. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of that anger. <laughs> God's <laughs> grace is big. <laughs> um, so hearing you say that, it really gives me a, a different perspective to look at it to where I'm not angry, to where I am opening up to okay you you are right like dan you are right that it is opening up those to seek god to realizing that something's not right and we are under attack and you really got to get your head and your heart in alignment with 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 god with jesus just like our pastor was talking about yesterday in church um because i'm 
whether it's the forest or the desert that you have to walk through before you get to whatever he's got waiting for you. Um, I'm going through that right now. Obviously, part of this conversation is uh, because of what happened. Um, society is going through the forest right now. And on the outside of this is everyone waking up, Satan being cast to the hopefully the deepest depths of hell again. And um, it is encouraging, like you said, Dan. But it's really sad that something like this has to play out to wake people up where God should be front and center. Sometimes things have to crack in order for the light to shine through. And I believe this is a this is a crack for a lot of people to wake up. God should be front and and center from day one and throughout, but we fall off and we're sinners. And um, it's nice. Like you said, God is, you, you can see him playing out right now. Our time is running out. We might have to break this up to two segments. Um, How much time do we have on this one? Three minutes. Three minutes. I tell you what, why don't we just pick up on the next segment? Is that okay with you guys? Okay. I just want to finish this, uh, this actual case and then we can wrap up. It'll be a shorter segment. The next one, but uh, we have a great conversation going and it's more than just this case. And I would like to uh, take people along for the ride because this is a, Something that's needed in our, especially in our country. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna pause for a minute, and then we will be right back. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 